Welcome to the Know It Some podcast, bringing you the widest variety of conversational interviews for a well-rounded perspective on life. Because while it's true, nobody likes a know-it-all, it's also good to know it some. Here's your host, Steve Platt. That's right. I'm Steve Platt. Welcome back to Know It Some podcast on the Big Three Roll-Up Network, where week after week, we're bringing you the widest variety of interesting guests with interviews that you will not hear anywhere else. And this week is a great example of that. Our guest today is Roger Madden. He is the president of Air Marine Forwarding. And that's just his title, because what he really is is the personification of a Dos Equis commercial. The most interesting man in the world, or at least in Miami, Florida. He shares with us so many great stories. We spoke for at least an hour and 10 minutes, it seems. Um, and I had to pair that back into an episode length uh, in line with our other episodes, which was very hard to do. I didn't want to cut anything out. I did my very best to keep as many of his great stories in the episode as possible. Um, my editing job, as as hard as I tried, might be a little disjointed at times. That's on me, and I apologize in advance. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, incredible episode. You'll notice towards the beginning of the episode, he mentions Memorial Day coming up uh, this weekend. And that's because we, we tape all of our episodes well in advance. Um, so this was taped weeks ago, and um, and we're just now ready to release it to you guys uh, and, and have you guys uh, listen um, to some of the incredible stories he shares about his family uh, coming here from Cuba, um, which is something that's near and dear to me because my mom came over as a toddler from Cuba. Her family had to start over here from uh, essentially from scratch. Um, his family had to kind of restart in this country as well, you know, in, in a different culture with a different language. Um, it is It is definitely... A story that is very familiar in the Miami area, but maybe not nationwide. And I'm very excited to share it with all of you today. Um, he also talks about some subjects that are very relevant to current events right now. If you are paying attention to the labor shortage um, or some of the supply chains that have been disrupted, uh, some of the logistical issues that are facing us and affect all of us really right now, he sheds some light on some of that because that's his world, folks. And um, I'm just really excited for you to hear um, what he has to, to share. There are some very personal um, things in this interview. He speaks about his father. He speaks about um, the future of Cuba. It, it can get deep at times. This is why when, when I was asked to make a podcast, when I was asked to create a podcast, this is why I said yes. It's interviews like this one that I can bring forward, um, interesting stories that that have been uh, shared with me that I want to share with the world. Uh, and I'll tell you, um, Roger is not somebody that gives interviews very often. It's not his thing. Um, and so you'll notice it's not this this guy who's been told by a publicist what he can and cannot say. It is a very raw, very unfiltered, just real. I mean, it's just real. And uh, it comes through. And I think that makes for better interviews. So um, I will get more guests like Roger Madden on this show. Uh, that's a promise that I make to you as the listener. Um, but it, uh, listen all the way through because I'm uh, I'm telling you, there, there are some great nuggets in this episode um, and you'll be better for it by the end of it. I think you'll bookmark it as one of your favorites. Um, so uh, let me know what you think. Uh, we are on social media at Know It Some Pod on just about every social media 
platform, Know It Some Pod. Um, make sure that you you follow us, give us a like, and uh, and tell us what you think. I'm 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 definitely uh, interested to see if you guys love this episode as much as I did. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, episode fourteen, Roger Madden. Hey, Roger, how you doing? I'm well. How are you, Steve? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for joining me today. I, I just wanted to have you on and uh, listen a little bit to, to your journey and your story, because I think it's a pretty unique one. Um, for the listeners that, that aren't aware, uh, you know, you, you were born in, in Cuba, correct? Affirmative. All right. And, and how old were you when you came over here? Uh, I was... A year and eight months. Okay. So, you know, growing up in, in a country that, that is foreign to, to your parents and to your grandparents, um, you know, what, what was it like for your family coming over here? Uh, you know, when they settled, you know, where in Miami did they settle and, and just kind of, what was that like? Okay. Well, f- well, first I want to, uh, everyone to remember Memorial Day is coming up this weekend and uh, we have to remember uh, our great fallen heroes from the past and the present and uh, as well as our servicemen and women yourself included for the great job you've done uh, protecting this great country of ours thanks roger our situation was a little unique um, my father in the 13th of March, 1957, uh, was one of the, uh, principal architects of the Ataque del Palacio, which was, uh, a group, a large group of, uh, actually mostly university students and, uh, and other people attacked the, uh, presidential palace where uh, the dictator at that time Batista was uh, in power he had he was not an elected president uh, right people forget that my father at 20 years old was in jail was on on uh, death row basically when they were overthrowing Machado who was the first dictator of Cuba in 1932. Mm. My father was in in med school at the time because mm. uh, his father was a doctor and his mother was a doctor, one of the first Cuban uh, women doctors. Female doctors. Wow. And but his whole life was was about fighting, you know, uh, bullies and stuff. You know, he's Don yeah. Quixote. You know, he was. Uh, one at windmills and stuff uh till the day he died he was 75 he was i don't know if you know this at 75 he was in in the the contra rebel camps in nicaragua Uh, he's i did not know that yeah that's crazy quite an interesting guy and uh everything went perfect they went in there guns a blazing and um, unfortunately he was, he had a secret 
compartment in an elevator where he hid. So uh, when that failed, um, everybody had to scramble. A lot of, you know, some were killed, some were imprisoned. Um, my father, uh, they actually found him. He had a, uh, a ranch outside Havana and they found him with my my mom, my brothers, who were eight and nine years old at the time, and I was a year. And uh, they went in there and they beat the hell out of him in front of my mom and brothers, and she was holding me in her arms. And uh, they shot our dog and killed the dog. My my brother always remembers that part. Wow. And, and uh, they took him away. And uh, he wasn't seen for months. And then one day he was found on the side of the road, bound and gagged. And uh, with a message, you know, you need to leave town. You need to get out of Dodge. And uh, they gathered their, their things. Uh, my father got everyone into, uh, he had a, a station wagon, I believe, got everyone mm -hmm. in there and uh, told everyone, hey, we're going to go for a ride. They got on the ferry. Back then, there was a ferry from Havana to Cuba. Uh, from, I'm sorry, from Havana to Key West. Right. And they got on the ferry. And next thing you know, they're in uh, Key West. So uh, left everything behind, left house, everything. Just, he, you know. he 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 was he was a pretty successful guy and, and very uh very uh well known in 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 business world and and in politics and uh, he uh you know he his business is still kept running fortunately uh at that point in 1957 but uh you know, when people ask me, how did you come here from Cuba? Did you uh, did you come on a raft? Did you fly? I say, no, we drove. So. <laughs> uh, that, that's amazing. So the, the station wagon made it over. Uh, the station wagon <laughs> made it over. That's that's now um, the company that you are currently president of uh, Air, Air Marine Fording. Um, he founded that company. Yes. No. No, okay. he he had nothing to do with with this company. Okay. Um, he had a ground handling company at the airport. Okay. Um, in nineteen, it was a it was hard hard work. I grew up uh, as a teenager uh, loading planes at night, and I would have a. Uh, some of the guys from my our football team from high school would come over and work there at night and load planes with me and stuff. And uh, wow. we even had, um, uh, do you know, uh, he's an actor. His name is Stephen Bauer. Mm -hmm. He's yep. uh, Manolo from uh, Scarface. He, yep. oh, and he was, um, he actually worked with us. He worked with us for a couple of years. He, he was going to, he was going to Miami Dade, uh, along with myself. And, um, one day 
he asked me, he says, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to go there. There's a audition for, um, West side story at university of Miami. And, um, I said, well, neither you or I go to university of Miami. He says, no, they don't care. As long as if, if you go to Dade, you can still audition. And I said, well, you know, you, you audition cause I, I can't sing, you know, and, and <laughs> while he, not only did he audition, he got the part of Tony. And because of that, he got a job with, um, Hey Pasa USA. Mm. And then, uh, he comes in <laughs> real, hum- real humbly. He says, uh, I can't, uh, uh, I'm going to have to stop working because I, I got a job in a TV show. And we're like, hey, that's awesome. So, <laughs> funny that's thing funny. is he, he comes, no, the, the funny thing is he comes back about two months later and he says, can I work part time at night? And we're like, <laughs> why? Goes, you guys pay more than Que Pasa USA. <laughs> so... So he continued working with us while he was filming Que Pasa USA the whole time he filmed Que Pasa USA. And then, of course, he he got the call out to Hollywood and the rest is history. Right. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's uh, that's something um, now. So so your, your father had the ground handling business. What what inspired you to found um, uh, Air Marine forwarding? Well, very, very simple. He sold the company in uh 1978 mm-hmm. and i'm like dude what about me you know what, what, what <laughs> what's going on here you know and because yeah. i i assumed that was my my destiny in life mm-hmm. but uh you know he said you know he basically you know it, it it was rough work i mean there's no not a lot of thinking involved in in that kind of business, you're just loading planes, you know, and unloading yeah. planes and uh, three in the morning and you know, planes get delayed. And it, it's just, so mm. he's, you know, he, he said to me, I'm going to, I'm going to hook you up a freight forwarding company. And then what you need to do is you need to get your customs broker's license. Mm-hmm. And because he said, Cualquier come mierda puede ser un freight forwarder, pero necesito una licencia para ser customs broker. You know, so um, that's what I did. I got a uh, he he got me a job in uh, with a freight forwarder, and uh, then I would study to uh, get my customs broker's license, and uh, that's what I did. That's awesome. Then I worked. And, and, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Uh, you worked. I I worked uh, at the time that I got my customs broker's license. I worked for the largest uh, freight company in Miami, a company called Stair Cargo, and uh, they didn't have a customs broker's license. So all of a sudden, I was uh, vice president of the company uh, at twenty seven, and uh, wow. Then uh, from there, I actually went to a, a large multinational company from uh, England, and they 
did a merger with another company that was just a disaster. And that's when I said, I'm out of here. I'm on my own. You know, I, I, I have my customs broker's license. Mm-hmm. And that's when I met uh, these two gentlemen that were that owned a, a very small freight forwarding company, Air Marine Forwarding. It was a two-man operation. And uh, one was 65 and the other one was 70, and they were retiring. And uh, they had the two licenses that I needed, the ocean license and the air license for transport, uh, the FMC and IATA, and plus with my customs broker's license, you know, I had the, the perfect trifecta and I, I bought the company from them. Uh, the funny thing is, you know, I, I remember them being old and uh, one of them was 65 and that's what I am now, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> that was 30, 33 years ago. It doesn't feel, doesn't feel sold at this point. <laughs> Um, well, so, so, you know, over the, the course of your career working at the airport, both for your father and then for yourself, um, and not just at the airport, but at the port and everything, uh, what changes have you noticed? I mean, there's gotta be a tremendous amount of change you've noticed around Miami international airport over the time that you've, uh, known it. Um, you know, what, what, what's it like witnessing that change to, to, in terms of today, it is actually the worst I've ever seen it. Mm. The, the, the airport and the port. And, it, and it's not only here, it's all over the country. Their ocean freight, there are tremendous shortages of containers, tremendous sh- shortages of drivers. Um, mm. We we've been waiting for containers all day to get here for us to load in our warehouse and uh, we haven't received them. And uh, Friday, for instance, uh, air back to airport Friday, we were delivering uh, a shipment to Lufthansa, which is used to be German efficiency. You know, they were, they were, Oh yeah the best airline uh, in the world, as far as I was concerned. Right. Uh, Our driver delivering two small packages, got there at four o'clock and didn't leave till nine o'clock at night. Mm. And, and we're seeing this regular. Is it a labor shortage um, that that you think is causing this? There appears to be a labor shortage. Uh, I have no idea if that has to do with the, the famous, uh, unemployment checks. Right. Uh, um, I know there's, you know, you have to pass certain security, um, assessments. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but then so do I, so do my employees. We have to go through a TSA security threat assessment process. Gotcha. And, uh, but it's no big deal. Right. So. I, I, it's, it's very frustrating for us and for our, uh, employees because, you know, something that should be relatively easy becomes, uh, very stressful because, you know, instead of having 
all day to load a container. Now all of a sudden, you know, you've got a, a two hour window to knock it off and it, it and it just, it's terrible. I'm telling it's yeah. unbelievable. And this is nationwide. It's I've never seen it this bad. And, and I don't believe it's because there's so much business because I'm, I'm not seeing a real increase in volume. What mm -hmm. I'm seeing an increase in, in headaches. Is what I'm what, what, so, so going back to, to March and April of 2020, did you see a, a, a significant decrease in volume due to the pandemic or, or did, did yes. this kind of stay yes. status quo? No, 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 no. It dropped. Okay. It dropped. And, uh, what I did was I, I gathered everyone together and, and we, uh, we said, you know, either, you know, we, we reduce everyone's hours or I, I let go of, of some people and yeah. every, and everyone agreed to reduce hours. And um, what we did is we, we reduced everyone's hours so that but they could still have um, their health care benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very proud to say that I've been in business 33 years and for the last 31, 32 years, I pay 100 percent of each employee's health care. That's incredible. It seems like, you know, you had some tough decisions to make there due to the pandemic and um, and you were able to, to keep a large portion of your your uh, workforce intact. Um, so, you know, you, you weathered a, a tough storm um, and you were able to get the ship through. Well, um, I definitely needed the uh, PPP loan yep. uh, that that uh, that came in huge. Uh, it, it really helped me at a time when, when we needed it because one of the problems with being a freight forwarder is uh, the majority of our revenue in terms of not revenue, but um, well, revenue, obviously all our revenue is, is international, but the ma majority of our payments come from overseas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of a sudden, uh-oh, is Honduras going to pay us? Is Peru going to pay us? Is, you know, it, it it gets a little scary at times. God knows, I, I don't know how over the last 30-something years, hundreds of thousands of dollars I've probably have lost in, you know, yeah, you know, a company I do business with for several years and all of a sudden, boom, mm. where are they? Where'd they go? You know, <laughs> and right. then so you, you can't extend too much of a line of credit there. No, you, you, you have to you really have to try to keep people on a short lease. But at the same time, uh, given the circumstances, these these companies and countries that we do business in were were we're trying to survive too, you know? Yeah. So, you know, so like there's an old saying, right. There, there's an old saying, you know, it's, if, if, if it sneezes in America, um, Latin America catches a cold. 
Roger, that's so true. I mean, we live in a, a very interconnected world, particularly in, in the line of work that you're in. Uh, you work with a number of different countries. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what it was like to work with Cuba in particular. I mean, with all the history that you and your family have, um, how, how did that come about, you working in Cuba? 2016, we were uh, asked uh, to do the, the, the ground handling uh, and set up uh, all the equipment for ESPN going to Cuba for the baseball game that Obama was going to be attending uh, in March of uh, 2016. Okay. Um, at first I was, I was conflicted. You know, I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't think I want to do that. I don't, you know. There's a it, lot of emotions yeah, there. There's a lot of emotions there. And then uh, one of my emotions said, hey, your family got screwed for uh, 60 years. You're going to get screwed again if you don't do this deep, if you don't do this, because you're going to yeah, make, yeah. you're going to make money. And, yep. you know, then they win again because somebody's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not gonna, it's, yeah, you're not going to prevent it from happening. And and if I and I could I could lose lose it forever, you know. So we said, all right, we're we're going to do it. We're going to go ahead and do it. And um, the funny thing is, we we get all the freight. We we actually ended up chartering a ship uh, to put because we had um, uh, some some. Uh, tractor trailers with with the broadcasting equipment inside it and the the van the the uh, the satellite equipment you know there there was and generators and and all that stuff and then they they called me and they asked me hey can you rent us we need a we need you to rent us a, a truck to take down there with a with a lift gate and i said Who's gonna, who's gonna rent me a truck when I tell them I'm taking it to Cuba? So, right, right, so I, yeah. I told them I'll tell you what, I'll give you one of my trucks, and then I'll rent a truck for me here, and you guys just pay me uh, for what the rent for the rental. And um, so then we we take everything to the to the baseball field, and my trucks there. And my truck, you know, says Air Marine Forwarding, and it has a 305 phone number. And uh, my guy says that that people started taking pictures of the truck, started walking up to the truck, taking pictures <laughs> in front of the truck because, <laughs> you know, they were so shocked to see a truck there with a 305 on it because they all know the they all know the 305. And they were really thinking, wow, things are going to change. You know, this is, yeah. this, you know, and they, they uh, had hope they did they had hope and i'm like you know hey hopefully you know uh maybe right like the you know you you gave it the benefit of the doubt and the benefit of the doubt and and i think if if it proved anything it proved uh what we all knew was going to happen which was nothing but at least uh he put it beyond question if if you yeah you know yeah I, I struggle, you know, as as a as a young man who who was, you know, I was obviously I was born here, 
um, you know, I always had hoped to go back to where my grandmother was born, to where my grandparents honeymooned, to the the hospital where my mom was born. Um, and I what I've realized is, aside from dilapidated buildings, there's nothing really for me there because the culture has gone through however many years of Soviet influence, however many years of Venezuelan influence, and the, the people in the culture there are not the same uh, people and culture that my grandparents left. Do you do you struggle with that? I mean, do you still hold out hope for a free Cuba? I mean, um, what what are your thoughts on the future for that island? I'm gonna say, till the day I die, I'm going to pray and and do whatever I can for um, to see Cuba free. The 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 culture has changed incredibly but they're still they're still my peeps and it's changed by design in my opinion you know they 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 made it you know the communism they made it everyone's equal and it's yeah everybody's equally screwed you know yeah so pretty much i i do get very frustrated because sometimes i'm like what the hell what are you waiting for i i've, right. I've always i've you know, because you, you saw all those Eastern European countries uh, get liberated and such and such. And yeah. and you're like, okay, it's going to happen here. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and, it, and it never happened. I, I've, I've always, uh, my analogy of, of, of uh, Cuba is a very weird analogy, but um, I put a, an electric fence around the perimeter of my house. Uh, I had a dog that, man, she was always running away. And, and I lived by the golf course. So when she ran, I mean, it was like, forget it. I'm not, I'm going to have to wait until she comes back. He's gone, you know? uh, So I put this electric fence where, you know, the dog wears a collar and you teach it when it goes up it gets shocked and then it turns around and goes back. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if the dog is willing to withstand that little shock, it's free. Absolutely. And that brings me to your shirt because in order for the Island of Cuba to break through their electric fence, there's a, a movement. Uh, Roger, for those who are at home and they can't see you're you're wearing a shirt that says Patria y Vida. Can you please tell the listeners what that means? The okay. the, mean, the meaning of that is um, is country and life. You know, pa- Patria is, is patriotism, literally, but you know, patriotism and life. The reason that is said is because when the communists took over when the Castros, um, they came up with the, the saying, patria o muerte, mm-hmm. which means country or death. So it's a pretty mm-hmm. ominous uh, yeah. saying, and it's, and it's everywhere in Cuba. So these artists came up with with country and and life not country and death uh they've they've done really uh an amazing 
thing in Cuba. And it's, 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 it's had millions of hits. Uh, and then there is a movement over there called San Isidro, Movimiento San Isidro, because that's a, that's a, that's a part of uh, Havana. Right. And it's a, you know, a very, historically a very, very uh, uh, humble blue collar area. And there's a lot of artists that have come from there. And uh, they're the ones that are that are putting together this fight and they've done hunger strikes. And there's what there's a guy that an artist that was doing a hunger strike last few weeks. Um, so there's a there's a lot of uh, movement going on down there that you haven't seen in the past. And and with the power of the Internet and Facebook and and all those good things, um, it's reaching a lot of people. What, what I found is that before I wanted a free Cuba for selfish reasons. I wanted for my family to, to be able to, to go back. And, and, you know, I had dreams of, of being able to, to see certain things myself and maybe have property there myself and so on and so forth. And as I grew up and matured, I think more of the focus was not on what had been done to my family per se, or what had been taken from them in terms of, um, assets or anything like that, but more so on the suffering of the Cuban people that are there right now. And as I grow to understand the conditions in which they're living in in the the country on the island of Cuba, I have found myself for l much less selfish reasons because the 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 country that my grandparents left doesn't exist anymore. It, it's much more so for the sake of the Cuban people that I share your hope of a free Cuba. I, I, I feel as though we owe it to them as, as, uh, Cuban exiles to do what we can to support their quest for freedom. Well, that's, you're, you're absolutely correct. You're a hundred percent correct in that. I, you know, I also had, a selfish reasons in terms of my company, but my, my father in Cuba was actually the largest, uh, freight forwarder and, and customs broker in Cuba, and and he actually at, had offices here in Miami and in New York, and he had his own planes that would fly cargo back and forth, and you know I could just imagine a free Cuba, the the, the amount of business would be insane, you know, um, right. and of course it'd have to be done intelligently because you know you got to figure out who's going to pay you because nobody's going to pay you down there. You're going to have to get your right. money up here. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things you start putting together to, to make it happen. My father had a lot of property. Uh, my mother, her family had a very famous uh, department store in Havana, which, which the communists took over and it's actually still in existence today over there. Wow. Um, I have no, desires of that uh, I, I would you know obviously everyone wants to see where they were born and all that good stuff but yep. I uh, I truly would just like to see the damn country free and and yeah. you know the, the Cubans have, have done so well in this country and around the world 
uh, you know, it's like, you know, God, what, what we could, you know, if we would just put it together over there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it would be, it could be something special. That's for sure. That's that's for sure. I um I appreciate your time, Roger, and thanks thanks for sharing. I know a lot of this is is emotional to deal with Cuba, um and and uh, it, it means a lot that you took the time to to kind of share uh, a little bit of, of your your story with us today. For those listening, you know, learn your trade, uh, keep learning your trade, and um, be honest pay your bills and uh also uh collect every now and then (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's an important part people forget sometimes um i i I greatly appreciate it roger i I hope you have a great one and uh you know we'll have to have you uh back again sometime so all right bye And that'll do it for another episode of the Know It Some podcast. My thanks again to our guest this week, Roger Madden. I really appreciate your time. I can't thank you enough for sharing those incredible stories with us. And if you have been supporting the podcast for the last 14 episodes, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if you haven't already, please head on over to the Apple Podcasts app or to iTunes and leave us that five-star ranking. It's what enables us to book these incredible guests week after week, and it really helps support the podcast. Another great and easy way to support would be to follow us on social media and to share our posts with your followers and friends. We're on social media at Know It's Some Pod. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Know It's Some Pod. And you can send us your feedback there or you can email us at knowitsomepod at gmail.com. I really can't tell you how much the support means to me, but another way to uh, give back to you guys is to tell you that we are now affiliated with Big Three Roll-Up Podcast Network, which means you can go to Apple, type in Big Three Roll-Up in the search bar, and a number of different podcasts are going to pop up. We have Collegiate Sport Podcast, so if you're a fan of the Miami Hurricanes, the Florida State Seminoles, the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida Gators, it doesn't matter. We have a podcast for you. Um, In addition to that, we have professional sports, we have culture, we have entertainment, There's a bourbon podcast, a beer podcast. One of my favorites is a horror movie review podcast called Don't Go Out There. But the point is, if you have an interest, we probably have a podcast to meet it. And so please check out some of my fellow affiliates on the Big Three Roll Up Podcast Network. Like and subscribe and tell them that Steve sent you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I'll see you next week.